grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we're in a new series called Outside the Circle, a faith gone viral. From the beginning of Christianity, this faith movement spread like a virus from person to person through the sharing of stories and lives changed. Pastor Sean will describe what an infectious church looks like today and how you as a believer can influence people outside of your circle. Put a bookmarker in Acts chapter 1. The message today is called Like a Plague. It's time for Reaching for Real Life. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 1. I want to read something that one of the last things Jesus said, the last thing he said to his followers. Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 6. And it shows how this faith of ours is supposed to go viral. It says, when they'd come together... They asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. And then verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So they want to know, before Jesus goes, they want to know, okay, is this the time? Are you bringing the final things? Is the kingdom, you know, kind of end times prophecy stuff? We're really obsessed with that stuff. We've all seen the things where someone says, yep, this September, Jesus is coming back. End of the world. Get ready. And if you buy my little packet, you'll be fully prepared. We've all seen it, right? And every time you go and the day after you go, well, I guess that guy was wrong. See, Jesus said it's not yours to know. We don't get to know that. And the reason we're so obsessed with it is we want to be in control. We want to plan. We want to control things. And Jesus says, yeah, you don't get to do that. That's in Father's hands. So breathe. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You don't get that. He says, but what you do get, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will become transformed people who are empowered to change the world by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, you'll be empowered for something. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Witnesses. That's a word that got beat up in my upbringing. I may have shared it with you um, if I had indulged me. (laughs) That word witness. Because, you know, I grew up in Pentecostal church, and we took that stuff seriously. They would load us in a van, send us to a neighborhood, and go witness to people. You know, go knock on people's doors at the dinner hour. Because that's when we were off school, and, you know, that's when people were home. And so go in the evening when they're having dinner or when they're watching their favorite TV show. Knock on the door and say things like, um, if you died tonight, do you know where you'd go? And I grew up in Chicago, right? You know, I didn't grow up in the Bible Belt. So, you know, my deal, a guy in a wife beater answers the door chewing on a chicken bone. He goes, I'm not the one dying tonight, kid. Get off my doorstep. So that was my idea of witnessing. I thought it was go and kind of, I had more of the salesman idea of witnessing. That was the idea, that was the way I was trained, the salesman idea. You go and you get a program, you've got your materials, you've got your pamphlets, we called them gospel tracts, but they might as well, your your prospectus, your sales pamphlet, whatever it was. We approached it like a salesman. And thank God, when I got old enough to really kind of look at this through some critical lenses, Witnesses. Wait a minute. Witness. What does a witness do? A witness tells what they've seen. A witness simply tells what they've seen. You'll be my witnesses. And I realize we've been doing this like a salesman when Jesus was saying you should do it like a satisfied customer. And the good news is people would way rather hear from a satisfied customer than a salesman. Isn't that true? Salesman in the room. 
Everyone of you knows what's the best kind of business. The best business is what? Referral business. Referral business. A satisfied customer. Everybody wants to hear from a satisfied customer. That's why we love the reviews in Google or the reviews in Yelp or on Amazon because we want to hear what other people are saying. And we're trying to fight, we're trying to weed through. Wait a minute, is that a salesman making a review? Is that a fake review? Is that a real review? Because we want to hear. Everybody wants to hear. And we love to share, don't we? When we've had a great experience about something, we love to share. You know, everybody's got a guy. I don't care what it is. Whatever, you, whatever it is that you kind of want to find out, hey, I need a contractor to do some remodeling in my room. Oh, I got a guy. This guy, he, he was great. He was great. No, don't use that guy. That guy's terrible. This guy, he's great. I got a guy. Auto mechanic. Oh, my guy's the best. He's honest. He's affordable. Yeah, no, that guy, he's a, he's a shark. Get out. Stay away from him. But my guy, he's the best. Your dentist, your favorite restaurant, whatever. We love to share things like that. Well, imagine Jesus saying, I want you to witness what you've seen. Witness what you've experienced. So in other words, when people start telling me, my life is hurting, I, I, <coughs> I don't feel the same about my life anymore. My, my family's in trouble. And we can say, oh, I got a guy. I got a guy. You got to talk to my guy. It's Jesus. He's my guy. That's witnessing. Let me tell you what he did for me. The nature of that, by the way, the witness thing, understand, it's designed person to person. It is designed, it is intended to go viral. And Jesus described a worldwide movement that would go viral viral through the testimony of the witnesses who had seen what God's done in their own life and around them. He said it'll be Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And that's exactly what happened. It did become a worldwide movement. It went viral. It spread all over the world. But I want to suggest something in recent years has happened. Something has changed. Because we seem to be losing ground. It doesn't seem to be, at least in our culture, America, Western Europe, it's not the same. Canada. There are places where the gospel is spreading virally. But we're just not one of them. We seem to be losing ground. And the question is, well, has the gospel changed? Is somehow grace no longer appealing? People don't feel the need for forgiveness? Is there a shortage of sinners now? We've, everybody's saved in America. No sinners anymore here. Yeah, no, I don't think that's the problem. What's changed then? I want to suggest we've changed. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I hope you'll take notes, either the paper notes in the bulletin or in the notes app that we have. Uh, if you're taking notes, please write this down. Viral faith requires infectious believers. That's what it requires. These witnesses, they're infectious believers. Viral faith requires infectious believers. You want to be a carrier? You've got to be an infectious believer in Jesus Christ. Our lives, by the very nature of them, should make people hungry for Jesus. Or we have to then stop and say, wait a minute. How's it going? Am I really one of these infectious believers you ever known someone who's an infectious believer who just the more you get around them man you just go man i I want their jesus and if you're a christian you go man they've experienced some stuff i want that i want to i want to try that i want to experience that kind of intimacy with god i want to experience that step of faith and i want to see the power of god like that you ever known someone who was infectious and they just made you want what they had in christ that's an infectious believer and that's what every one of us are called to be infectious Believers. Viral faith requires infectious believers. Our lives making people hungry for more of Jesus. 
few principles of an infectious believer. Number one, you can't spread what you don't have. May seem obvious, write it down anyway. You can't spread what you don't have. In other words, to be infectious, you have to be infected. You're never going to spread a gospel that hasn't infected you and changed you and transformed you. You can't spread what you don't have. The gospel transforms us. And if you've never experienced the life-changing, eye-opening transformation of the gospel, what I'm sharing with you is going to be maybe interesting, I hope, but it's going to be it. It's not going to be compelling because you're going to be like, I, I don't see it that way. Let me just tell you, the reason Paul was a plague, the reason he led a movement, he became the leader of a movement, that changed Western civilization and impacted the entire world because he was infected. His story of infection is pretty cool, actually. Flip over to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Because remember what Jesus said, that when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you'll be my witnesses. Trying to be a witness without the Holy Spirit on you is kind of a waste because you really won't have much to share. You won't have much to give. You can't spread what you don't have. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In Acts chapter 9, Paul had that experience. Now understand who Paul was. Remember? He was called Saul. His name was Saul. He was a strict religious teacher and rabbi. And he hated the Christians. Because he felt they were a, a cult. He felt they were heretics. He was actually using the authority of Judaism throughout their region, which they did have authority. They had temple guards. He was using them to persecute the Christians and stop them because he thought they were tainting the true faith of Judaism. And so Acts 9 tells us, but Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, those are the Christians, the way, that's what it was called, Men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem to be tried and ultimately executed. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling on the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Don't you hate when that happens when you're serving the Lord? And all of a sudden, the voice from heaven says, what are you doing? And he looks at Saul and says, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? He was smart enough to know this is the Lord. But he's like, wait a minute, I'm I'm a servant of God, the Almighty, the Most High. Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. And you know at that moment, that was like a punch in the stomach. The one who he'd been persecuting, the followers of Jesus he'd been persecuting. I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Arise and enter the city, and you will be told what you're to do. Now the men traveling with him stood speechless. They heard the voice, but they saw no one. Saul rose from the ground. Although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. He's blind. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. So whatever happened, this light, this voice, he came away now blind. And for three days he was without sight, and he neither ate nor drank. He fasted. And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this series called Outside the Circle and a Faith Gone Viral. That's found on the sermon page at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue to help others just like you. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. 
In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Rotama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life. And back to the message, Like a Plague, a Faith Gone Viral. This is Reaching for Real Life. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, said, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight to the house of Judas. Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he's praying. He's seen in a vision. A man named Ananias come in, lay his hands on him so he'll regain his sight. But Ananias answered, "Uh, Lord, I've heard about this man from a lot of people. Ananias is no dummy. How much evil he's done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Ananias is like, Lord, really? Seriously? But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I'll show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed. He gulped. That's my addition. That's not in the text. And he entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, let's now address him, Brother Saul. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight. And listen, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he could be a witness. You may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scale fell from his eyes. He regained his sight. Then he arose and he was baptized. Paul was infected with the gospel of peace, the grace, the forgiveness of a life, new life in Christ, so that he had an actual experience of the scales falling from his eyes so that he could now see what he couldn't see before. See, salvation is a whole lot more than eternal fire insurance, folks. And we sometimes treat it like that. You know, it's like, well, we're Americans, and you know, we've heard about, even, even most people who aren't followers of Christ, they've at least heard of Jesus, you know, Christmas and all, the political fight over Christmas and Christmas carols, and you know, maybe they come to church and they hear a good word, and their friends encourage them, and it's like, well, I don't, I, I don't want to be a heathen, and it sounds kind of good, so they kind of want to add Jesus to the palate of their lives. Well, I, I guess I'll hedge my bets. It doesn't hurt to have some eternal fire insurance, just in case, you know. Salvation doesn't work that way. See, the question is, have you ever come to the place of realizing that your sin was so rancid and so corrupt that it made you morally and in many other ways blind? You're blind. Because without Jesus, we are blind. Have you ever come to that understanding of how lost you are without him? How without hope we are without Christ? To where you go, I can't go on like this. I must have a change. You see, that's where salvation comes in. That's what repentance comes from when we turn. 
Say, i got to have you, Jesus. Have you ever been filled with the Holy Spirit so much so that it was like the lights came on and it was like, I was like this, but now everything's different. It's like I see different. I see colors. I, I experience it because I am filled with the presence of God. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. Have you experienced a salvation? A true salvation, not just conversion. The Bible doesn't really talk about conversion. We convert all the time from different things. We, more than commitment, a surrender that says, God, without you I'm lost, so I'm yours. Forgive my sin. Come into my life. Lead me. Fill me with your spirit. See, that's what it means to be infected with the grace and the peace and the joy of the gospel. To be filled with the Spirit. You can't spread what you don't have. And to be infectious, you've got to be infected. That's what Jesus meant. The Holy Spirit will come on you. If you're here and you've never had that experience, I want to say you can today. It is, it is actually simple. I'm not saying easy because it is radical. It is transformative. You can simply say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I desperately need you. Please forgive me of my sin. And fill me with your Spirit. Forgive the sins of my past, but begin to lead me today into a different kind of future where your spirit is the leader. That's the heart of salvation. That's the kind of faith that becomes viral. And so if you've never accepted Christ as Savior, I would invite you to do that today, because you can't. Right now. And he will change your life. Viral faith requires infectious believers. Second principle of infectious believers is you can't witness what you haven't seen, which is kind of self-explanatory. I don't need to spend a lot of time here, but it's worth mentioning. You can't be a witness if you've never seen anything. If you've never experienced a life transformation, if you've never seen God's work, if you've never taken steps of faith so that God has actually showed up and you've seen it, how are you possibly going to witness? What would you say? And let me just tell you, your story is one of the most powerful things. You want to talk about the gospel being infectious and viral? Your story is unbelievably powerful. My story unbelievably powerful because you know what it is it's the gospel with skin on it i can preach sermons till i'm blue in the face right i believe in preaching obviously it's biblical it's right but you got to understand for the gospel to be viral it's got to be relational it's got to go beyond the truth proclaimed which is really important don't get me wrong but at some point it's got to get to where you look at other people and say let me tell you what i've seen and when people look at you and go god there's something in your life there's just something What is it? Well, let me tell you. I was this, but now I'm this. Life was like this, but now because of Jesus, it's like this. And that doesn't mean it's perfect and you have this beautiful story. I was poor and rancid, now I'm rich and famous. You know, it doesn't work like that. What it does work like is I was lost, I was broken. I was separated from God, but now I'm full in Him. I'm complete in Him, yeah. And I still go through tough spots just like everybody else, but I, don't, I never go through it alone because of the power of Jesus. Let me tell you what Jesus has done. Your story is powerful, but if you have no story, you have nothing to witness. And so my question is, what have you seen God do? What have you seen God do in your life? And if you go, honestly, I haven't seen a lot. What are you willing to let him do? Good. Today's a great day to start getting a story. Begin following Jesus, trusting him. Steps of faith. Simple. Simple steps of faith is where a story comes from. Lord Jesus, what do you want me to do in this relationship? He speaks to you through his word, through prayer, through godly counsel. And you go, but that's hard. 
trust me, trust me, trust me. Take a step. Watch what he does. There's a story. There's a story. If you've never taken time to write down your faith story, I'd encourage you to do that. Things you've seen, write it down. That'd be a good exercise for you. Just to take some time. Right, what have I seen God do? What changes has he brought in my life? What have I seen? What steps of faith has he asked me to take? And what have I seen him do? Some of us, we've been believers so long, and we take his goodness and grace almost for granted. And I don't mean it as negatively as it sounds, but, but really we can kind of go, well, now, wait a minute, let me think about it. What have I seen God do? And if we started to think and write it down, be like, oh, there's a lot. That would be a good exercise. Go for it. What have you seen God do? And if you go, well, not a lot, then I would say, what are you willing to let him do? Start today. Because he wants to make you and I infectious believers who are witnesses. Viral faith requires infectious believers. Last thing, I'll wrap with this. The gospel can't spread where we won't go. The gospel can't spread where we won't go. And again, this seems kind of elementary, but when you come down to practical, it kind of is a pretty big point. Contagion requires contact. Contagion requires contact. If we want our faith to go viral, we've got to take it somewhere. See, church services, church services, as important and as biblical as they are, they're, they're limited in the fact that uh, kind of the, most of the people who need to hear the gospel, they're not here right now. Did you know that? They're not. They're not. And that's okay. This is the gathering of the body of Christ. It's, it's a biblical thing. But we have to understand the limitations that, okay, most of the people who need to hear the gospel, they need the good news of Jesus, they need to be transformed, like, just like we have needed his transforming power in our lives, they're not here. So that means when Jesus said, go and make disciples, he really meant it. As you go through life, make disciples. Look for people. Remember, preaching is important. It's a biblical thing. It's important to the work of the gospel. But it's only a part. Relationship is more important. Because discipleship is a relational process. Sharing our faith with people is a relational process. Share is one of our core discipleship values. Follow, connect, grow, serve, share. What that means is I'm taking what God has placed in me and I'm investing that in someone else. That might be someone in the church here. You're hoping to take steps to go deeper. That definitely has to be people outside the fellowship who I'm helping just because I care about them and I love them and I'm praying for them and now I'm trying to help them come to know the Jesus who saved my life. I ha- this has to be shared. And this is where a lot of us stumble. Because we like, well, but that's evangelism, and evangelism is frowned upon in our culture. Yeah, well, so is Jesus. So what? I'm not talking about, again, I'm not talking about salesmanship here, folks. I'm not talking about our team versus their team. I'm talking about loving people and sharing the good news that God loves them. And Jesus made a way for them to have eternal life with people, just like someone shared with us. I think one of the big challenges with this, quite frankly, is time. We all are overbooked. We overbook our time. And we could change that. But when we stop and think about making space in our lives to just spend time with people, spend time with my neighbors, spend time, you know, that's a challenge. The gospel can't spread where we won't go. And that go might mean go across the office and just befriend somebody or go across the street or across town or across the world. I don't know. But the gospel cannot and will not spread where we don't go. So I want to challenge us. This faith of ours is supposed to be viral. It was designed to be viral. Jesus started it that way. The apostles carried it that way. And it actually went viral. 
And I want to challenge you, it can go viral again. The question is, will we be infectious believers? Viral faith requires infectious believers. Will you be filled with the Spirit? Will you let God give you a story and then tell it? Will you make the time to walk across whatever the barrier is to share the good news of the gospel of peace? Because if we will, this faith of ours will change lives. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series on a faith gone viral, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.